Welcome to the K-Scope podcast. Billy Reeves here, I trust you're well, as Stephen Wilson gears up for his fifth solo album, To The Bone. Details at stephenwilsonhq.com. To celebrate this information, here is my very personal top ten Stephen Wilson tracks, interspersed with some words of wisdom from chats that I've had with Stephen over the past few years. Right, going to start off with this one then. At number 10, my book of regrets. In the back of a taxi cab in London town It's like watching TV with the sun turned down Cause I can feel it I've got a buzzing in my head When I'm on my way Like shopping malls Street cars They ignore their girlfriend's cars Cause they got plans now And tonight they won't be home Just wait till the morning comes
Ambition is 
back in music in a big way, but not necessarily in the kind of old-fashioned, bombastic way. Probably the, the, the kind of watermark is, you know, Radiohead's OK Computer. That's kind of like a, a turning point, in a way, for music. Like a Trojan horse, crept in under the radar, and before the music press and the music media knew what they were doing... They were all praising this album to the heavens, and then somebody sort of must have stepped back and said, well, hold on a sec, this is progressive rock again. And it was, but obviously reborn in a completely new, fresh, contemporary way. Truly progressive music, or truly ambitious or artistic music now, has learnt from the years of trip-hop and electronic music and, and all the other things that have happened and, and grunge and all those things that have happened since the 70s. Taken it all on board and come out with this completely new hybrid. There's a whole bunch of bands that you can say that of now and a lot of them are ending up with K-Scope. Time freezes
You see, I've been wanting to make a film for years, and I think I've kind of accepted that the best way for me to get a film off the ground was to actually just make one about me, you know, oh, yeah. because at least there was somebody that I knew would want to see that film. And, and also the fact that it would be documentary meant that it would be relatively cheap to shoot, mm. you know, just take Lasser around the world with me So while we were making this record. So... I decided that, hey, you know what, let's make, um, let's make a film of me making this record, but let's make the whole making of the record kind of an adventure. As it turned out, it became much more than even that because we, we began to um, incorporate two other strands into the filming, first of which was this idea about how has download culture affected mm. the life of a working musician. And I talk a lot in the film about... about um, you know, iPods and MP3s and how that's changed. The way people listen to music, the way people relate to music, completely changed in the last few years. It's almost like it's just this complicity in just allowing this to happen. So I decided to talk about it, and that led on to this idea of, of for fun, we bought ten iPods off eBay and we destroyed each one in a different way. You know, and it's funny and it's frivolous, but it, it, and it, it's entertaining, which, of course, the movie's supposed to be entertaining. But it also, of course, raises the points and, and leads on to the discussion about... You know, why is he doing this? And there was three things for me. Um, the first thing was, yes, the idea of the album uh, as a musical journey was kind of being lost, I felt, mm. particularly with people, you know, um, listening on shuffle, you know, on their... And that was another... That was the second reason, the playlist mentality, which is kind of anathema to me, because I grew up with this idea that you put on a record at the beginning of side one and you allowed the, the, the musicians to take you on this journey mm. the, the way they'd sequenced it, the way they'd planned it. And with the kind of shuffle playlist mentality, that's completely gone. I'm not saying everyone has their iPod on, on shuffle, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people just... There's always the temptation to, to you skip. know... To skip and flip around. So that's the second reason. And the third reason is the complete negation of presentation and packaging. For me, the great classic albums, you cannot think about those records without thinking of the artwork and the presentation. And I think that's what... That gave them extra gravity and... And that's gone. What would you say to someone that's of the opinion that um, the MP3 culture democratises music, though, that the artist isn't dictating to the consumer? What's good about that? I mean, would you, would you want Picasso to be, you know, painting to please his audience? Of course not. I mean, great artists, in a way, are extremely selfish and arrogant things. Look at someone like Frank Zappa. He didn't give a shit what his audience <laughs> wanted. You know, and thank God for that. Thank God that he didn't. I mean, Brian Wilson, you know, all that struggle he had creating pet sounds and smile, even though he was being told, don't fuck with the formula of surfing and girls.
stainless steel off. Keep washing, keep scrubbing long until the dark comes to lose the sky. Deep in to love. Off if you're doing a solo record? Well, that's a good question. I suppose the answer is the, the musicians that you involve because, I mean, I'm kind of relying on them to bring something to the record that I would never have thought mm. of. Also, I think, you know, obviously I do, I do play the songs to people. Lasser is a very important sounding board. Um, the, the guy who collaborates with me on all the visuals, I mean, he's pretty much the first person to hear anything, you know. Uh, Andy, my manager... Um, Michael, my friend Michael from Opeth, who's also made a very similar, not not music. It, it sounds very different, but in, I think in, t- in terms of where it's coming from, it's a very similar approach.
I think that's the problem I've always had with my, with my not problem, but it's one, been one of the hallmarks of my music, is that everything has been very much stage managed and directed mm. meticulously. So you. Yeah. And I kind of realise in the end that, that there's something that obviously I'm not getting by by being such a control freak yeah. in a way. And of course, when you get five, five other musicians on stage with you, you can't control everything yeah, they Yeah, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering as, your, as your career has got as bigger and as you've got older, um, that means that you can attract people that are of the same standard as you, surely. Aren't you being a bit modest there? Well, far better than me, in right, fact. Right. I, think, I think that's one of the great things about this band, is that they're all much better musicians than me.
My personal Stephen Wilson top 10 has reached the halfway stage. We heard at 10, my book of regrets from four and a half. At nine, Abandoner from Insurgentes. At eight, a routine from the album Hand, Cannot Erase. At seven, Sectarian from Grace for Drowning. And at six, also from the album Grace for Drowning, Remainder, The Black Dog. At five, then... Coming up now, from Insurgentes, Veneros, para las hadas. Poison for the fairies. Waking up to evening
a direction sometimes is a good thing, sometimes it's not. Sometimes, and mm. people say to me, they almost ask me the question. The implication sometimes is, did you did you intend to make a really good record this time? <laughs> As if I don't do that every time, you know. And I and I realise that that obviously some records kind of tend to resonate better with with more people than others. And mm. did, did they perhaps mean make a more commercial record? I think there's there's a sense that some people are saying to me. Uh, well done for you know making a record, a really good record. You know, as if because maybe they didn't dig Grace for Drowning so much, they didn't dig the Storm Crows record. Right. Interesting. And the implication is somehow that I've made this decision to make a better record than I did last time. But of course that's absurd. You know, I always set out to make a record that I'm I'm completely 100 percent believing.
Yes, I'm, I make the record pretty much in a in a, a vacuum. I don't listen to what anyone else may, and, and that that includes what expectations of the fans may be, the expectations mm. of the record company, maybe the expectations of the, the management. I'm incapable of making a record in, 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 in under any other mm. circumstances. And I realised this about myself a long time ago, very near the beginning of my career. I realised that I couldn't do this. I couldn't. And actually, because of that, my career has been a, a kind of war of attrition. It's been a, a very gradual... Well, it's been a long one. It's been a long one. But it's still. But the thing is, it's still kind of edging ever upwards, upwards, but, mm. in, but at a kind of snail, snail's, yeah. you know, ray. Uh, a few more records there, a few more people coming to the mm. shows. And part of the reason it's been slow but, but gradual is that um, I have found it incapable of, of doing what was expected. Mm. And I think actually, grudgingly, that eventually earns you respect from the rest of the yeah, industry. But, but it, the kind of music I make, whatever you call it, um, it's the kind of music that, generally speaking, people still want to own physical yeah, product balance. and they still yeah, want yeah. to sit down and listen. The holy drinker and his curse in constant surfage to an unquenchable
coffin was made from a tree. Please hammer a nail in for me. The bottle slipped right Hopes. I mean, that's a very different thing to to you know my hopes. How how sort of you know pie in the sky do you want me to be, or do you want me to be as realistic? Pie in the sky. Hopes. You're yeah, as pie in the sky as you wish. Pie in the sky. Okay. I want it to change the whole the whole landscape of music. Okay. Bring back the idea of ambitious conceptual rock into mm. the mainstream. I want it to be a massive multi-platinum scent. I mean, you know, that's obviously that's my. But realistically, you know, <laughs> that's I mean, a possibility. An extremely remote one in some parallel universe, perhaps. No, I mean, I, you know, t- realistically, I would like this to continue to, um, you know, chip away, if you like, at at the, the I suppose the prejudice there is against. Um, conceptual rock mm. and, I, and I feel like I have been chipping away at it with the mm. previous records I think every time I make a new record it seems like the ice melts a little bit more and there seems to be I'm not talking about my sort of fans I mean my fans are always open mm. to you know to, to ambitious music and, 
and pushing the envelope and changing things up. But I'm talking about the, the people out there that perhaps would like this kind of music if they would allow themselves mm. to like this kind of music. Mm. And there is still a prejudice that prevails pretty much since the, the mid to late 70s against ambitious album oriented. That's only in this country though, isn't it? It's only a British thing because we want everything to be a little bit more musical. Um, no, it, it, it existed all over the world, but I think Britain is lagging behind in terms of its willingness to re-embrace it. I would say in America there was a prejudice for a long time too. Okay. But it seems to me that the ice has melted much faster. Every And I think it's partly because the British invented this, this yeah, kind of style exactly, of music. Yeah. So it's almost like we have to be more embarrassed. for Well, you shouldn't be embarrassed at all. It's extraordinary music. And, and, it, and it, you know, in its time, it was the radical music of the day. Yeah. Let's finish with a smash hits 1980s style quickfire round. OK, great. In, indoors or outdoors? Definitely indoors. Closer or unknown pleasures? Oh, you know, I, I, you know, I would have all, when I was growing up, I would have said closer, but now I'm going to say I've changed. I've changed my mind. Do you know? I'm exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Strat or telly? Um, uh, strat. Beans on toast or cheese on toast? Oh, definitely cheese on toast. Big, I'm a cheesy kind of guy.
at five, Veneno para lathadath from Insegentes at four, Ancestral from Hand Cannot Erase at three, The Holy Drinker from The Raven That Refused to Sing and Other Stories, and that one you've just heard, Home Invasion, Regret Number Nine, at number two, from Hand Cannot Erase. My thanks to Stephen for his time, my thanks to you for indulging me in this very personal trip through my favourite top ten Stephen Wilson tracks coming up in the next K-Scope podcast, an exclusive interview with Daniel Kavanagh and Vincent Kavanagh from Anathema, ahead of their new album, The Optimist. But I'll leave you with this, my Stephen Wilson number one. From the Raven that refused to sing and other stories... This is Drive Home. Ta-da! So oh.